Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now, coming to you live from atop the Goldenrod City Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle TCG Cast! Hello, hello, Pokolonians, and welcome to a very special episode, episode 30. This episode is dedicated, of course, to none other than the North American International Tournament that was held in Indianapolis this weekend. And, oh, oh boy, we have so much to talk about there, because a lot of things happen. Some predictable, others not so much. Now, first, of course, I have to tell you with my Rick Roll that this is Puckle Puckle, of course, stands for Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name our fearless leader, Thatch, Invented and we're rolling with it. Now I am your host, Lord Jashiro, and with me I have two fine gentlemen, great players and judges alike. First, well, one is a great player, the other one's a great player and judger. Number <laughs> first, we got a man right after my heart. Some say that he actually is the one that tells Simon what to do. It's a blind manic. Hello, I'm not a judge, but I will judge you. <laughs> Yes, and he's good at that too. And of course, with us, the one that is definitely an official judge. Some say that he can make a Happy Meal cry. It is Gator Maximus. Sublime totally stole my line. I was going to be like, he's the judgey one, not me. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Today, uh, this we're recording today. This is Wednesday, uh, July 5th, right after 4th of July. And woof. Boy, it was exciting to see what was played this weekend. So there's a lot to cover. So this is going to be, like I said, this is a special episode, guys. So we're going to go ahead and straight to our topical beach, which is the North America International Tournament. And then we're going to finish off to with um, the trainer's mail because we have a few emails from you guys. And that's it for this week. So let's go ahead and move it straight out. Grab your pina coladas. Grab your flip-flops because we're heading on to the beach because it is topical beach. Welcome to Topical Beach. So we are back with Topical Beach, and here in the sand under the sun, we are going to discuss the North American International Tournament, and boy was it a good one this year. We got a lot of different decks, a lot of different choices, and the meta is definitely on point. And we want to discuss with you guys, but first, before we start with the actual specifics... Let's start out with our icebreaker and say, what were your highlights 
Uh, not necessarily in reference to the finals and the decks that won, but what are the things that you actually liked seeing that you weren't expecting to see? Gator, let's start with you. Um, definitely it was Joe Bernard playing the Xerneas Break deck. Um, dedicated listeners will know that's one of my favorites because I tried to play that at the beginning of the season, and I still like it a lot. Um, so it was a really nice surprise to see him. I think it was round four being on stream with the uh, Xerneas Break deck. I was a big fan, and I was rooting for him the whole time. So, <laughs> <sighs> For sure. What about you, Sublime? Anything particular that caught your eye? Uh, I'm just surprised that it was more versatile than I necessarily expected, which yeah. is good. It's a pleasant surprise. It would definitely is. It comes to show how much Guardians Rising and Sun and Moon have improved the meta so much. I was pleasantly surprised to see Greninja! Be at some point, because I really did not think a Greninja was going to show up. I thought that that's one deck that, even though it's one of my favorites, it is it is one that the meta is moving away from. Uh, but I was still surprised. It was I was beautifully surprised to see it on the top 8 for Masters, uh, although it didn't rank high in that top 8. Um, and But we also saw it in both finals, which we'll discuss in a second, in junior, both juniors and seniors. So we're definitely going to cover that. And with that, let's move on to juniors. I love we I was just discussing with Gator how much we enjoy watching juniors play because they're speed demons. They play so fast sometimes they play so fast that their their own thoughts cannot keep up with them. And it was pretty hilarious. Now uh, you uh, Gator you have experience judging some juniors. What have you come around with that? So the thing with juniors is they just kind of they get excited and they just start playing. Um, it's really similar to Japanese players, actually. Japanese players play lightning fast, too. Um, so with the juniors, what ends up happening a lot of the times is they'll get ahead of themselves, and you'll be trying to, like, make a judge ruling or something because you saw something happen. You have to go, wait, 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 stop, 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 guys, <laughs> because everything's just moving so fast. Um, yeah. They don't spend a lot of time like the masters and seniors do uh, contemplating every play. They kind of just go for it, and it's kind of refreshing to watch sometimes. It really is, and in that point, in one point in finals for the juniors, I remember between, which we're going to discuss in a minute, Regan and um, Jared, Jared was playing so fast that he played, I think it was a dive ball, to search for one, I don't remember if it was a Froki, uh, for his deck, uh, and then accidentally put the, the the dive ball back into his hand, so the judge was like, whoa, 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 you have to put that in the sky pile. But of course, it's not, he didn't do it on purpose, it's just, less Gator said, it's, they're playing so fast that they don't realize that they're doing those th- those things. I mean, heck, uh, I do that sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we do have our players. So on final, let's always start with the sub, the runner-up. We have Jared Chapman. Congratulations on being runner-up there. We played a deck right after my own heart, Greninja Break. Now, his Greninja Break is pretty standard Greninja Break. It has the Talon Flames. It has the Greninja Breaks. He uh, basically works the whole line. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch him play, but he did get beating up by none other than Reagan Retzloff. He is our champion for the juniors division, and he played a deck right after Gators, uh, I love, although it's not the break one, but he did play Rainbow Road with Cernius. And that was a really interesting matchup. Uh, Gator, did you remember? Um, yeah, so what ended up happening with him is it was a... Nobody expected Rainbow Road. No. Like, let me just put that out there. Nobody expected it. Nobody saw it coming. And he was just really well placed to take advantage of that. Um, 
Although Rainbow Road has creeped up a lot more with the juniors than it has with other divisions. And that was one of the things I was discussing with Jushiro is the fact that a lot of the times it's it's really hard to say um, what meta these kids are even playing. Yeah. Um, because they're just like, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, um, yeah, you're definitely playing a thing, but I don't know what it is. So <laughs> I don't know what the end game is. And, and of course, don't misinterpret us, comments with us uh, in any way, shape, or form uh, underestimating the, these plays. I've played with actual juniors that have gone to Worlds, and believe me, they have swept the floor with me. Uh, it oh, is yeah, just sure. a little bit more random because um, both masters and to a certain point seniors, they do tend to slow down a little bit and do create a meta, whilst juniors just go with their instincts and play what they think it's right. And it's it makes it fun to watch, honestly, because of that reason. It's more chaotic, but not chaotic as in they don't know what they're doing. It's just that they're just a little bit more aggressive. One thing that I love about this uh, this deck that played Reagan was the fact that he uh, used Galvantula as an attacker, which really did um, put out damper into the uh, fro- uh, Greninja deck. Because Galvantula, for those who know, it's attack. It does 30 damage to two bench Pokemon or to two Pokemon of your opponent's Pokemon, and you can apply weakness and resistance. Now, Galvantula being dual type, being both electric and grass, it meant that it could one-hit kills Froakies. On the, on the bench. So on the second play, it just completely was a huge nightmare for Greninja because he couldn't get those Frokies enough, uh, in there enough time for him to be able to evolve them to Frogadiers. So that was super fun to watch. So again, uh, Sublime, do you have anything to say? Sorry. <laughs> um, no, that's totally cool. Uh, I think it's interesting that the, um, Galvantula was used in a similar way. To how it was in Worlds last year, actually, even though it's like almost a full year late. Yeah, how, how was it? Uh, refresh my memory. That were that that were. Um, I think it was like brand new. Like that set had just come out with it yeah. by the yeah. time Worlds had rolled around, and it was a really great Night March counter. And oh, also, yes, I can't remember. Right. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. And it was a big thing at the beginning because oh, so it is to your bench because I remember that that Garvanchula had to get Errata as soon as it came out. Because it didn't specify bench Pokemon, it only specified any Pokemon. So, um, and so they had to errata that Garvantula because it was, they had a typo on it. So I remember that little detail from that card. But let's move on from juniors onto seniors real quick. Like I said, we're just going to cover these real fast so we can then dig into what was the Masters meta. Now, for our boys in the seniors, we got both. Or right, starting with Rowan Stafe. Now the runner-up for seniors division, the man played none other than Soror Break slash Drampa. Now we were expecting this to be played at some point, and it was interesting, mostly because he didn't play. I, although I could be mistaken, I don't remember this deck play, being played without any uh, Gar- uh, Garbodor. Uh, either you can correct me with that. Um, I don't think it was playing Garbodor, no. Was it? Oh, then I'm, forget- I'm, don't remember, I, I'm not really Zor- remembering Zorark, correctly. Zorark with Drampa doesn't usually play Garb. Okay, gotcha. So, but it was a very interesting matchup, of course, because that, once again, we see Greninja show up, but there was a different type of Greninja. Now, Michael Long, the champion for the Seniors Division this year, won with my boy Greninja Break. Now, his Greninja Break is a little bit different, as he didn't play any Talonflames, which is kind of interesting. He played Staryu and Starmie from, from Origins. 
um, evolutions, evolutions. I'm sorry, from evolutions, which that's something. And one little tech card that I really liked how it worked, and that was Jirachi. It really did save him one time. Uh, I was surprised he didn't use it more. Um, this match was really interesting, mostly because, as you guys know, Sodorg Break copies any attack from your opponent's active Pokemon, which meant that he could use um, the first attack for Greninja. Um, I forgot its name. It blocks Shadow abilities. Stitching. Shadow Stitching, thank you. It would use Shadow Stitching to be able to block the, oppo- uh, the Greninja's own abilities, and he was not able to do Giant Water Shuriken. It was an interesting matchup, but alas, at the end of the day, Greninja did take the crown and won the championship. Sublime, let's start with you. Any any comments on these matchups? Um, I would just comment that that's an interesting matchup between the decks, because having like playtested uh, Zoroark Break quite a bit recently... Greninja Break is a bad matchup for it. Yeah. So I feel like the Zoroark did have the odds stacked against it, just in terms of the matchup. Yeah, and we heard the the announcers say that a few times as well, that, yeah, for sure, um, Greninja did have the advantage on that deck, for uh, most definitely. How about you, Gator? Um, Greninja's just annoying. <laughs> um, it's such a contender for best deck in the format at any given time, because it's it really works well with a as a single prize attacker. Um, you know, now that we have the ability to turn off uh, ability locks, and it's the only thing that beats the deck consistently is itself and grass. So it's 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 an annoying deck. Um, it really just, is. It's terrible. <laughs> I but have it, one. Oh yeah, it's me too. Terrible. <laughs> and, but um, I am happy that um, we had at least a surprise winner in Greninja and Senior. So congratulations once more to Michael Long for taking the crown using my boy Greninja Brick. Now, with that done, we just discussed both juniors and seniors and what decks won in each one. Let's go on to the meat of this episode. It is the Masters. Now, I'm going to let you guys do a little bit more running with it. Would you, Gator, would you like to take care of John Kettler's deck? What did he run? Okay, so Kettler has been a big fan all season long of Decidueye. Um, Since, well, I guess all all season long would be Start of Sun and Moon. But anyway, point being, he has been on this deck for a while now. Um, Everybody remembers when he uh, was in, I think it was, was it Fort Wayne? That he prized three of the Frogadier, or three of the uh, Rowlets. Rowlets, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, everyone's, everyone's familiar with Kettler really liking um, this deck. And, I mean, he kind of basically just kept the deck very much the same. Um, even going so far as playing the Lugia, um, yeah. which most people thought was dead with the introduction of Tapu Lele. But, I mean, the ability to blow up a stadium and hit for 150 is really hard to ignore. Yeah. Um, not especially to mention, you're in not such really... a, a heavy stadium meta right now. Yeah, like if you're trying, especially if you're in the mirror, um, you've got all your stuff set up. They're trying to get set up, and you're just saying bye bye to forest, which for the most part they run for forest of giant plants. So it's not uh, <laughs> like yeah. you're not going to get it back. But he played a very straight um, the Sidui list. He didn't even get cute with the. Um, the, uh, what you call it? Ninetales? Um, yeah, Ninetales, or even the um, Vulpix, because a lot of people were running the Vulpix just to be able to pull out mm-hmm. Pokemon. Um, 
So he didn't even run the cute version of this. He cut down his shaman count because this used to be a four shaman deck yeah. um, because you're trying to draw under item lock. But with the introduction of Tapu Lele, yeah. he's running two Tapu Lele, and then you can search for any supporter you want. So you're not trying to – you can go find an N or a Sycamore or whatever kind of card draw you need without having to run through your deck like that. So if you look at his list, it's super consistent. He goes – he doesn't care about Garb Adore very much because he just runs three trainer's mails and the float stones and the level balls and the ultra balls and the field blower and the revitalizers and – yeah, And they're then, pretty optional. They're pretty – so – and that's why the inclusion of Tapulele to the format is so important because we are more, we're easily more dependent now on supporters, being able to get those supporters that we need when we need them. And there's no really that you, that it's not that we don't have any needs for item cards. It's just that we have options to not use them easily. And well, you don't is, want to play item cards in this Well, format. it's not even a big deal in this, in this deck though, because that massive 240 hit points on Decidueye means he has true. to throw away 12 items before he's getting, you know, smacked in the face for Oko's. So um, he can all, a lot of the times end up killing Garbodors as their trebuches on the bench because, you know, you get the, the three feather arrows or you Lysander kill it or... Um, well, three feather arrows wouldn't take it out because it's 70 HP, but there's... He has options. Yeah. Now, it, for those of you at home, for you those, uh, that do not know that the CGY GX deck basically is... DCGY combining with Viplum, of course, which includes the ability that will block all item cards from being played, which is part of it, uh, and also includes uh, Tapu Lele, as we already discussed, with the supporter, with the inclusion of Aluhia, which is kind of like uh, an odd one in, as Gator really eloquently explained here. Um, and he did go head-to-head with none other than Tord, Reklev, Sublime. What did Tord play? Drampa Garbador. Of course he did. So Which remind was like us. One of the, yeah. So as we all recall, uh, Garbador has Trash and Lands, which does for a single energy, twenty times the amount of item cards in your opponent's discard pile. Which is actually a really interesting matchup against a um, Vileplume deck, because Vileplume prevents you from either player from playing items at all. And it's a counter counter situation because not only Vileplume will stop players from playing item cards, but then you have uh, Garboard, uh, Car- uh, Garbmotor? Motor. Garboder. Garboder um, that will include the ability of blocking all abilities. So it's a counter thing for both decks. It was a really interesting matchup. Continue, Sublime. Yes, and so that also relies on Drampa GX to apply a lot of heavy pressure early on. Uh, and then you usually finish up with Garbador after um, Drampa has cleared the way, and later on in the game, your opponent will have more items in their trash for you to use. Yeah. Now, one fun fact about this deck that I really like is the fact that he used not two, not three, but four Tapu Leles. This is a very Tapu Lele-dependent deck. Now, of course, you guys know Tapu Lele GX. When you play it from your hand onto your bench, you're able to search for any supporter cards, but on top of that... Versus Shaming that does the draw of six cards. Shaming doesn't have a good attack. Tapu Lele does. With just double colorless energy, it basically is a Mewtwo, right? It does damage based on the amount of energies that both you and your opponent's active Pokemon have. So he's a really reliant attacker. He plays four Tapu Leles, which in and itself is an expensive deck right there. 
Well, yes. the, see, the thing is, it's consistency, though. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Those four Tapu Leles are all about keeping his deck consistent. Yes. And that was his big takeaway, too. So if you went and read anything from him or any of the interviews after the fact, that was his whole thing with it, is he wanted the most consistent deck possible. And when you're playing Buku rounds of uh, Swiss, consistency is king. Yes. So it worked out for him really well. It really did, and they did they go the long haul in that matchup, and it was really good. Another fun fact about this deck is that it's I like its synergy with Field Blower. As we said, um, Valplum will stop any item cards from being played, but at the very least, you can use Field Blowers to get rid of the tools that have already been played on your opponent's side to put them on your discard pile to make sure that you can do at least a few 40 more damage for each Elite Blower that you can play if, of course, the opponent has those stadium, uh, sorry, so tools cards already in play so what do you guys think about this overall conclusion for this uh international uh, north american international tournament were you expecting these decks to be number uh, on the on the very last time were you expecting something different uh G- gator let's start with you well i i mean i we i think we everyone expected drampa garb yeah. um in some form or another so that wasn't as big of a shock to me. Um, however, I did not necessarily expect to see Decidueye top, but Kettler is a beast player, so I, I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. I'm surprised, not shocked. Yeah. Um, big difference there. Uh, basically, what this format has turned into is something really healthy. Yeah. Um, the fact that nobody could say for certain what would top is a sign that it's a very healthy format that it's not just no there's no deck that's just the dominant deck and everybody's teching to beat that deck um garbador makes you play around it um but there's people that still built their decks to answer it but they just kind of change the way they play against it too so I'd say overall very healthy format, very exciting format, and Worlds is going to be crazy because there's already a couple good deck ideas coming out for uh, Burning Shadows that are going to be interesting to watch. Oh, yes. And we'll get to that in a second, but let's move on to Sublime. What are your takeaways from this finale? Um, I largely agree with everything Gator said. I think we were all expecting uh, Garbador, Drampa to be prevalent and present. Um, And I also didn't think any of us expected Decidueye to necessarily go all the way as far as it did in this tournament. Um, I don't know. I was expecting... It's interesting to see whether what the meta is gets is successful or whether you counter it and that's successful because everyone was expecting Garbodor going into this tournament. So then you would assume everyone would be prepared to play against it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, at least this time, Garbodor still wound up on top. It really did. And, and that goes to show that it really is... I mean, 60% is what your pilot, but I will say 50% is what you pilot, 50% is what it's the pilot behind that deck. Um, well, I mean, you're, you're going to, you just have to adapt how you play. Like, um, if that deck's so prevalent, that's why Torvald ended up doing so well is because of the mm-hmm. consistency. Again, um, that's the best option you have if you're playing the mirror and expecting that deck all day, you want to be the best mirror player. Yeah. Um, so that's what it comes down to. You need to be able to play your deck and then beat your deck. And he sure as heck did that. <laughs> you know, he definitely played to his own um, advantages. 
So we no once again congratulations to Tord Reckliff from Norway taking out the North American um championship. We're not sour or salty at all. <laughs> and of course she John Kepler, but they were not they're they were not the only ones. We also had Sam Shen, which played also Garbador Drampa. <clears throat> we had Igor again, sorry guys, I'm kinda sick. Um, we got Igor Costa, also from the United States, with the CGI and a lot of Ninetales, which was an interesting deck. We had Andrew Mahone with Sorora Break. We had Ryan Sabehouse. I really destroyed that name, so I apologize. With Sablehouse. Vol- Sablehouse. There we go. With Volcanian Tortinator, we got Gustavo Wada from Brazil with a lot of Ninetales. And, of course, Alec- Alex Crickler from the United States Kettler. with Greninja Break. So... Real fast before we move on, what do you guys think of this top eight in a, in general? So, Blind, let's start with you. Um, I think it's more diverse than we were expecting, um, which is great. And I'm very excited to see all of the creative ideas people have for worlds. Yeah, I mean, the only two decks that... The only deck that was repeated once was Drampa Garbador. The rest were really original. What about you, Gator? Um, it was definitely a top... Again, like, you know, you kind of go in there expecting what the meta is going to be, and it's not different than what we, anybody looking at it would have been like, oh, okay, that's that's what it's going to be. I know it looks good. Um, everyone else, you know, there was all kinds of stuff that popped up on stream. I think the announcer said that there was like 15 different decks before they even finished with day one that showed wow. up on stream. At one point, I think it was Jesper Erickson that was playing like a, a Passimian Mew deck. And he ended up playing a, a quasi Semyon Mew Garbodor deck in the mirror on the stream. So like there was just so many crazy things. Yeah. Um, it was great. Which some say that the uh, Semyon deck was the rogue deck of this tournament. Um, I yeah. Don't know if I it, agree, but, but okay, go ahead. Well, it punches it punches Drampa in the face because Drampa's weak to fighting. Of course. Um, so if you run into anybody that's running like that weird Turbo Dark deck, or they're running Drampa, you've got a really good way of taking the two prizes off of them. So I think that's why they were calling it the quote-unquote rogue deck for the day. I mean, but that's why I don't consider it a rogue deck, because if you have a big deck that is already weak in matchup, then it's not really rogue. I mean, rogue is a deck that no one expected it because it has no, it doesn't, like Gyarados, right? It's the perfect, the hidden uh, Gyarados is the perfect example. That, it came into a tournament where it really didn't have an advantage against anyone. It's just no one expected it, and it did really well. Same thing with Waylor. Uh, Waylord EX uh, a couple of years back, where it just no one was expecting it. It hadn't. It didn't really have an advantage in type. It just really blew on the metas. Why I'm hesitant to call Pasimian a rogue deck. So yeah, people knew about yeah. it. Like yeah, exactly. It was an option, right? If people were playing Drumpa GX, Pasimian was an option against it. So, that's the end of our coverage for Nationals. What do you guys think? Let us know. Send us any, a few emails. Um, we will read them on the next show for sure. But we're not going to finish Topical Beach now because we're going to move on to the logical follow-up question. And the logical follow-up question is, well, the next big event that's coming up after the North American na- uh, International Tournament is, of course, Puckle Gun. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but moving on to Worlds. I want to hear your expert opinion as to what you guys think we will see in Worlds. Gator, let's start with you. Um, I think some version of the Drampa Garb decks are going to be in there. 
Um, the Galissapod decks that are coming out now are really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, they're topping over in Japan as well as Gardevoir. Yeah. Um, and Gardevoir, Gardevoir is doing is... really well in Japan. You're right. Yeah. Gardevoir um, GX. Yeah, yeah, Gardevoir GX. And the thing is, with the Gardevoir GX deck that's doing well in Japan, it's like one card off from being standard legal. Um, they're playing a Karina in there to be able to pull out a Gallade because they've got a Gallade as a one as an excellent uh, tech attacker for one prize. Um, so I think some sort of form or version of that. But the thing with Japan, remember, guys, is they build their decks differently and they survive in a different kind of format. Yes, it's so very different. prior performance is no indicator of next results coming up. Correct. But I would be surprised if people don't. Because we're also getting the ability to, uh, with the new um, Guzma card, to switch out the Lysander effect and also get a bench switch. Um so we've got that coming out. You know, there's a, there's several different things that are going to hit the format right that weekend. Worlds is that could we could very well see a brand new deck take first. Totally agree. Sublime, what are you two cents? Um, I think it's going to be a deck no one expects, just like Mega Adino last year. Yep. And before that, uh, Blastoise. Lowell thought that Nightmarch was going to take the win in 2016. No, wait, 2015. And it was Blastoise who actually talk, t- took the lead. With the Whale Lord, never forget, Whale Lord was a winner, and you're not. <laughs> I do expect the same thing. I, I really think that people are really worried about Drampa Garbador now. Um, and they're going to, I guess, I'm thinking gonna, we're going to see a lot more Pissimian going to Worlds. And <clears throat> we are going to see more counters. So don't get me, get us wrong, mm-hmm. as we all, we had a, whole episode dedicating how wrong we have been in the past but worlds if one thing we can say for certain it's that worlds does seem to be going to be an amazing meta with so many different decks that it's really difficult for us to say what do we expect to win if it was 2015 we would have said night march if it was last year we thought it was going to be greninja and this year we think it might be grandpa garbador but if the past two years have shown us is that Someone will come up with something really different and surprise us all, and that is what makes Worlds, as long as well as every other tournament in the TCG, so exciting. And we definitely are going to cover that once they're all available. Now, with that, let's end this section and move on to our next, which is of course your emails in Trainer's Mail. We'll be right back. It's Trainer's Mail. And we are back with none other than Trainer Smell. And I really appreciate your emails this year, this uh, this time. A lot of you guys send emails. We really appreciate it. We're always going to read them here as long as there are not, you know, 20 of them. Uh, but we really appreciate your guys' opinions or questions that you sent to us. With that, let's start with our first email. Come from none other than Canada. Sublime, take it away. It's one of our favorite Canadians, 10 Little Men. Alright, here's what he had to say. Howdy, TCG cast. Ten little men riding in to make a bold prediction in this week's mailbag. So you want to know what underdog expected star is going to rise up this world? While I've been thinking, last year's champ was a fairy, fairy, so this year's will be too. Calling it now the big surprise this year will be Despair Ray Mega Gardevoir. Just think it Oko's, Garbodor, Espeon, and Zoroark with ease. Discarding from the bench means that you are just running more utility Pokemon and less items. With Kakui, you can Oko 180 HP Pokemon like Drampa, and to top all of it off, 
Karen is a great card in the deck, so you match up well against Bespiquin. It's a long shot, but if someone can make it work, it might just blow away the competition. As a quick aside, both of the upcoming Marshadow cards look absolutely incredible, and I can't wait to see them on the next We Were Wrong episode. <laughs> Excuse me, I said it was a good card, so... Uh, yeah, it was me and Basket, I believe, that were <laughs> iffy on that card. <laughs> All right, so like, what about you, Gator? Let's, let's take your two cents on on Marshmallow, Marshadow, Marshadow EX, Marshadow DX. I think is is good. Okay. Um, I think it's getting a little overhyped right now because people are like, "Oh man, Night Merch." That's what it is. It's kind of a, um, it's going to be an interesting tech. Yeah. Like the fact is that. You know, any Pokemon that hits for a DCE, you can tack that into the deck. Um, It's going to be really interesting in Darkrai, I think, because Darkrai um, struggles um, with the mirror sometimes, and that's an automatic tech to knock out the mirror. Um, since Marshadow's um, fighting. Sorry to interrupt you're... you, Garrett, but I want to do make clear the one I really liked Marshadow GX. That's not the card that I was iffy about. It was just Marshadow, the regular one that was basically in um, a judge supporter. Oh. That's the oh, one yeah, that yeah, that's like, a terrible one. Yeah, there no, we no. go. Thank you. So, see, Ten Little Man, I don't know what you're talking about. We all agree that that one was sucks. <laughs> GX, um, we actually almost all of us agreed that the GX one, we didn't see the potential of it at the moment because we're we're decent players. <laughs> we're not masters, right? Uh, but uh, we actually realized that, yeah, this someone's going to come up with something amazing with that Marshadow uh, GX. Continue, Gator. And then I was going to say, too, to his point about um, the Spare Reg Water Wire, from what I understand, there's a lot of people running around with Metagross, and is that's that's an auto loss for Gardevoir. There's no way that they're beating the Metagross. Um, yeah. They don't play a version of Item Lock, which is what you need to shut Metagross down, and Metagross one-shots them every time. So I think they'd have to be able to get through the field. If they can dodge all the Metagross and the, the random Solgaleo players, then sure. Um, it's got a decent shot, but it's that's a tricky one. Um, so, good luck with that. <laughs> For sure. Uh, and to finish up the email, Sublime, uh, the sign-off. Yes, the sign-off is, write to y'all later, 20 despairing flip-flops, 10 little men retreats. <laughs> Thank you so much, that's 10 little men, for sending your email. Uh, we really appreciate it. Let's see. Maybe see you can you at shut. Pucklecon. See you at Pokemon for sure. And maybe you will shut us all up. And maybe Garbodor, Mega Garbodor does make an appearance. And at least we're going to give you the benefit. If it reaches top 16, we're going to give you some credit. If it doesn't, no, we're not. <laughs> Moving on from one resident co-host, our boy Basket Gator. Take it away. Oh, Basket. Why you do this? Um, <laughs> hey, 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 Puckle peeps. You didn't get to hear my glorious, sultry voice on this episode. Poor you. But you get to hear it read by Gator, so that's really great. He didn't say that, but I'm adding it. How will you ever survive? So sad face. Well, I thought I'd write in about my prediction in the last episode regarding Dex International. There was not one Metagross deck I saw on stream, so I was very wrong. On the flip side, there was no Vespaquin decks either. This both pleases and deeply depresses me. I am glad because I am not the only host who was dead wrong. Jushiro! (laughs) Yes, yes, I thought we would see Vespiquin this time around. Continue. <laughs> about about who was going to do well at North American Internationals, and at the same time completely distraught that Vespiquin didn't make a stronger showing. It's even more devastating because this is most likely the cards last year in Standard. Boo-hoo. Well, at least there's still Worlds. Vespiquin takes Worlds 2017. Whoop. Puckle's best bud, Basket. 
Uh, Basket, I appreciate your wishful thinking about Vespiquin, and who knows? Maybe we'll do. We will see them. But at this point, it's difficult. It really is, especially since grass right now, it's not moving as well. Unless you're named C2YGX, it's not moving as fast as it should be moving, at least in the meta. But we're going to go ahead and finish up Basket's email, move on to our boy, the real EV, and he says... What's up, TCG crew and, lis uh, and listener EV here for another mailback. So me and a couple of my friends were talking about the meta for this year. It seems like there's no way to make a prediction of what deck will be played where because uh, where, where it's going to be played where. Because to me, this is the most diverse we've seen in years. We have to agree with you there. Uh, which is a great thing for players, but also a bad thing because you never know how to combat the persons you're playing. I mean, that's debatable. There's always a way we can define, you can definitely predict what you're going to encounter, depending on your local meta. Uh, it is more difficult on international and national levels, of course. And even so, somewhat possible. Um, so he says, uh, come a person you're playing, but that goes both ways. And also on the topic of the diverse decks, there's also many ways to run them. So even if you're in a mirror match, up that person's, uh, up that same deck with that person might have one or two cards that you've never, with all your playing, that helps them win. You've never seen them with all your playing that, that helps them win. Well, before this gets too long, let me ask you this. How many top tier playable decks we'll see by the end of this year? Uh, and that's the question that our boy Real Levy posted. How many top decks do you see we're going to see? And that, pardon the redundancy of that sentence. Uh, Sublime, let's start with you. A lot. I don't know. <laughs> a lot. I mean, especially because there's new sets that we haven't even seen yet. No, no, yeah. I mean, we got Garbodor, Drampa. We got Drampa, Sotoark. We got Greninja. We got Decidueye. Uh, we got Rainbow Road. It's coming, showing up in, even in Juniors. I mean, we have so many. I would not put Rainbow Road on that list. Um, <laughs> not in Masters. Just because it won doesn't mean it's top tier. <laughs> uh, what about you, Gator? I would also add, you know, Darkrai. Never oh, sleep yes. on Darkrai. Um, it need. It was really item heavy before, but it's getting some new things coming out in this coming set, including Darkrai GX. Yeah. Um, so Tapu, never sleep on Darkrai. Uh, Tapu Bulu. Yeah, Tapu Bulu Vikavolt. Thanks for rubbing it in. Um, <laughs> there, there's just so many options out there right now that it's really hard to make like a call. There's yeah. no deck you can point to and be like, aha, this is the deck. You know, even Volcanion has the opportunity to to potentially top things because Fire's getting a lot of support. Um, it really is. So let's see what happens. Is my wait and see thing. Yep. And I agree, it's just, it is too wide open for us to be able to pinpoint something in particular. So, thank you for writing in the Really V, we really appreciate it. We're going to move on to the next email, which is none other than our boy, Duly Noted. And, uh, Sublime, take it away. Alright. There's a huge difference between, between playing PTCGO and in-person. While it is the same game with the same rules, you have differences such as the computer handles all the game mechanics when you play online. It is easier to save the whole table, both players online, and not so easy to keep track of your opponents across the table, especially if you have poor vision, i.e. glasses, <laughs> ability to easily read the card's text your opponent is playing. 
other players often watching, especially if your game takes longer than others. So with these differences, it is often intimidating. When someone plays a card you don't often play, it is easy to forget what that card does, and it makes you feel noobish to have to keep asking to see the card and when you make those silly errors that the computer usually handles. It is easy to make mistakes since you have to keep track of things like energy played or supporter played that turn. So with all these things, I find that I do really well when playing PTCGO, but I completely suck when playing live tournaments. I'm sure that I'm not alone in this. I will offer one tool that I picked up from another player and now use this for every game. Take three tokens, I use three TCG coins, and place them face up on the playmat. In alphabetical order, easier to remember, they represent draw, energy, and supporter. I flip them when I draw for the turn, place an energy, or play a supporter. Easier to keep track. Any suggestions to improve our live gameplay? Cheers, Dooley. Dooley, thank you so much, Ronnie. And actually, do I actually have... What I did is, you know those uh, paper mats that the theme decks bring? Um, and they include step-by-step, step, like, number one, draw a card. Number two, do it, do any of the following actions in any order. And that puts, you know, put a basic Pokemon, so forth. So that, if you cut that really perfectly, it fits, it, it fits into a card, um, what's the word? Uh, oh, my God. Sweet. So thank you. A card sleeve. <laughs> it fits perfectly into a card sleeve. So I do have a card sleeve with the normal instructions. And I'm, I mean, I've been playing Pokemon TCG for years. Do not feel embarrassed if you forget something. It is totally normal. When you're in the heat of the game, nerves are high. Concentration is crazy. And you have so many things going on around you, like Dooley noted said in his email, that it's easy to realize that you misplaced something or you misplayed something. So what I do is I have those instructions right there in a sleeve right next to my deck. So every time I start my deck, even though I know these instructions by memory... I will review them anyway to make sure I do not miss something out. So that's a great way also for you guys to be able to improve your life play. Uh, how about you, Gator? Any suggestions? Uh, get good. <laughs> that oh, would be go. my Played and strong advice. Uh, no, it's really like everybody has those problems, guys. Like every once in a while, you'll see even see it on stream. The best players in the world make misplays. Yeah. Basically, you need to treat your hand of Pokemon like order of operations. Um, and the more you play, the better you get at order of operations. Um, nobody can tell you like, here, just go down this sheet and do everything in this order. Um, because you might have an in in hand and an energy, but it might not be the energy you want. So do you play the end and try to get a different energy? Like, do you go dig for the DCE? Do you do this? Do you do that? There's no right answer necessarily because there, you have the random chance because it is a TCG. So you just kind of do your best. Um, and if you mess up and make a mistake, that's an opportunity for learning. That's not an opportunity. That is not a a reason to beat yourself up. Yeah. Um, so that's how I go about living my life. <laughs> Sublime. I know that you're mostly, if not uh, 99.9%, always online. But in those situations where you do play live, what do you do to make sure you don't you know, mess up? The best advice I have learned for playing in person came from Gator himself, and that is to have a really good poker face. (laughs) (laughs) That's also true. Like, you don't... The other thing, too, is to practice how you play. Like, practice, 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 and you should always practice how you perform. And the thing is, like, if you're gonna play in person, you need to get good at shuffling. Like, you actually need to sit down and shuffle. You need to do opening hand tests. 
where you sit down, you shuffle up your deck like you would, offer it to your opponent like you would, have them cut it, draw your seven, look for your basic, place your basic, put out your six prizes, and go. And just shuffle up, do it again. Shuffle up, do it again. Because if you go from playing just PTCGO and just decide you're going to go jump into a regional, then you are just going to be like so over your head. Um, That's one of the best ways to do it is practice how you want to play. Yes, definitely. So thank you so much, Duly Noted, for writing in. I hope our suggestions do help. And again, I just want to make a last note on do not worry about asking about even if you saw this weekend's finals, you see that they were players that they will ask for a specific card because of exactly what you just mentioned, Duly Noted. They just don't play with that card. They know they they have an, an average understanding of that card in their mind. But like I've always said on the show, TCG is all about the wording. It's like law, like a law degree. It's all about the technicals and how you can adjust what it says to your advantage. So it's they will always ask to, don't be afraid to ask for a card if you just don't remember the specifics of that card. So do not worry. Everyone understands. And Gator is a judge. He can tell you. Totally fine. Yep. So let's move on to the last email. This one is coming from Auro. Gator. Take it away. Uh, I don't know if we we don't have to tackle the deck list, but uh, no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna yell at them and tell them what to fix. Exactly. Um, (laughs) All right, hey guys, love the show. I only recently gotten back into the TCG because of the online game. I think my newest physical cards literally from Neo or the Gym Leader set way back. I come from Black Round of Magic, and I find it pretty interesting when Pokemon uses terms like Mill, which comes from Millstone, which is the classic. card which inspired the name from magic um that's gator's addendum anyway well what's the most that's the most of what i wanted to say for today and i just wanted to share my deck list it's still a work in progress but my online is 22 out of 27 games winning it only really struggles against energy removal decks i'm not really sure if it's optimal yet matter of fact i'm fairly certain it's not well i'll post the deck at the end so he's playing a looks like a fairly cool deck he's got like a galissapod deck Mm-hmm. With Tex, basically. It's the Galissapod that really smashes the face in of EXs and GXs. Um, but he's running some things like Stuffle and Beware. Those cards are suboptimal. Um, so they're probably a good cut. And then you're also playing things like Steven, uh, which Steven's not great. Howl's not great. Great Ball's not great. Professor Birch is not great. Um, get yourself some ends. Get more Sycamores. Don't be afraid of discarding cards. Pokemon, unlike Magic, you go through your deck. You go through your whole deck. If you do not really see fast, all the cards, yeah. if, if all the cards in your deck aren't in your hand during the game, you've done something weird. Um, <laughs> there's just so many shuffle effects. There's so many things where you just get new cards. So um, that might be a symptom of playing online. Um, you've also got a really high energy count, which you should not have a problem with energy removal. You've got 11 grass, 4 DCE, and 2 rainbow. Um yeah, I would. There, there is definitely some optimization to be had on this, but I see where you're going. You've got a definitely got a good start. Like this is a very good deck for somebody that just got started. So, yep. and it's difficult for us here on the show to be able to go in depth with this. But if you go and we're gonna do our shameless plug right here to our Facebook group at facebook.com/slash/pucklecg, please join there. There you can post deck lists, and all of our members, us included, can then chime in. And give you our more concrete opinion of what you should change or keep. And obviously it opens up a better discussion of your deck list. And if you're missing like some of the bigger basic supporters, a lot of us have extras online. And we're not, you know, 
we're, we'll definitely trade in your favor to get you the card you need. Like I've got, you can only you can only do anything with four of the card online because Pokemon TCGO just uses your cards over and over again. It's not like yeah. real life where you need extra cards. Yeah, what so, you need eight via seekers exactly. <laughs> where you yeah, need eight no. or twelve via seekers so you can have at least three decks uh, available at the same time ready to go. Like if I if I legit had the fifteen in that I have online, in person, <laughs> I would be so happy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much for writing in, Auto. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as well. Now, this concludes our episode. I know normally we would go straight to Who's That Pokemon, but today is a special episode, so we're going to continue on and finish this. Now, again... Wait, 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 wait. We don't get to play? I want to play. You want to play? Then let's go ahead and do it then. Let's go ahead and do Who's That Pokemon Gator requested it, and we're going to deliver. So let's go ahead and pause this and move on to Who's That Pokemon. We'll be right back. And we are back, guys, with Who's That Pokemon by popular demand. I mean, it's a favorite not only to you listeners, but here as a co-host as well. We're not going to stop there. We're going to go ahead and do Who's That Pokemon. And we actually do have a suggestion. Now, this is old school. Old school as in, you know, 15 episodes ago. Um, people would send their suggestions of what is the Pokemon to be able to stump our co-host. And we do have one from none other than the Game Master himself, Professor Snag. So he has a suggestion. So oh, you guys, <laughs> you guys know the rules. Lower your browsers, no Pokedexes, no guides. It's just your brain. Other than that, also no questions about specific numbers or generations. So with that, we're going to go ahead. Of course, the turns would be Sublime followed by Gator and back to Sublime. And we start our Pokemon 15 questions right now. Sublime, start. All right. Is this Pokemon part of an evolution chain? It is not. Gator. Oh wow, okay. Um wow, that's tricky. Um is this Pokemon a water type? No. Sublime. Does this Pokemon have a dual typing? Yes. Hmm. Is this Pokemon a normal type? No. Not a normal type, not a water type. It is a dual type. All right. Does this Pokemon have any quadruple weaknesses? Yes. Ooh. What has quadruple weaknesses? Okay, so its two types have a weakness in common. So that could be like grass bug. Right. Uh, well, I steal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see here. Um. Is this a legendary Pokemon? No. Sublime? Not a legendary. Um, that knocks out like 40 of them. Good amount, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, hmm. Is this Pokemon weak against fire? No. Not well, let me knock out the type. Not weak against fire, so it can't be grass or ice steel. or steel or bug. Bug. There's one more. Grass, ice, steel, bug. No, fairy just res- uh, it's not Resist. weak to fire. No, but um, yeah, fire just resists fairy. I thought fire was effective against five different types. Is it poison? No, it's not effective against poison. Nah. Uh, no, I think that might be it. Feel that might ice? be it. 
Yeah, we got. Yeah, he ice. said ice. Oh, ice steel. Why am I grass, helping you guys? Bug. Because you <laughs> want to be helped. <laughs> um, what melts? Okay. Nah, we'll get back to it. All right. What else is so we could have something that's weak to. Um. Let's see here. Can this Pokemon be found in the Alola region? Yes. Can be found in Alola. Okay. <laughs> huh. Huh. Is this Pokemon weak against ice? Yes. Okay. Well, there we go. So things that are weak against ice are, uh, let's see, dragons. Um, oh, if it's dragon flying, then it'd be four times weak to ice. Yes. But it can't evolve. What's Drampa? Drampa's fight. Dragon normal. Dragon normal. Oh, yeah. And we, it's not a normal type. Right. Um, so things that are weak to ice. Grass? Dragon type, grass type, but it can't be a grass type because it's not weak to fire. Right, right. I don't um, think so. Um, uh, ground. Ooh, ground. That's a good flying. one. Flying. So, is there any ground flying? Hmm. Uh, hmm. Let's see. Dragon, grass, ground, flying. Are any of the Oricorios weak? Because they're flying and other types yes. of... Yes. Um, the electric... electric, psychic, and ghost ones would all be weak to ice. Yeah, but they're not four times weakness. No, but the... Well, that's why it's interesting. Well, that's why it gets interesting, because then you have the fire one, which is quad weak to rock... Um, okay, so, um... So it's my question. Yeah. Um, is this Pokemon weak to rock? Yes. Okay, so it's weak to both ice and rock. So would the fire one be weak to ice still? So it's part flying. I think we can deduce. It can't be part ground, I don't think. Or it wouldn't be weak to, um, rock. Right. Um, Same for... Hmm, okay, so it's definitely part flying. Right. Mm, and it's in Alola. I mean, it would be four times weak. To, I don't think it'd be weak to ice, though, because I think ice would be hit it for normal with the fire typing. Um, but four times to rock... We don't also... know that it's four times to rock. We know that it is weak to ice and it is weak to rock. No, but we asked if we had a uh, quadruple weakness. Yes. And it did, yes. But we haven't So that could the... leave one of the Oricorio birds mm -hmm. still. See, because, okay. Um, so if you asked, you could ask if it's a bird kind of Pokemon. Yeah, let's ask if it's part flying type. Um, that's my question. Is this Pokemon part flying type? Yes. Okay. I think it's one of the Oricorios. Snag is, Snag is sneaky. <laughs> Um, I was going to be like, is this one of the archetypes? But that's like a whole other thing. <laughs> Do y'all listen to uh, Snag's other podcast? No. It's really good. Um, I, I need to give it a listen, but I have so many on my list. Right. 
So the electric type would have a resistance to rock. So it's part flying and it has to have a quadruple weakness. That leaves. Why don't we look at all of the type combinations with flying that would give you a quadruple weakness? So flying itself is weak to electric, uh, rock, and ice. And those are the only three things. So if it has a quadruple weakness, one of the typings has to be weak with that. It could be flying water for electric, flying rock. What would be quadruple weak? It can't oh, be water. Bug. It's not water. Because it's, oh, right, because uh, we eliminated that. Okay, so what that if just it completely was... eliminates it. Um... Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. We said if it's part flying. what That also like, gives us... No, it doesn't give us the deciduous line. Never mind, because it's a basic. Um... It can't That's... be the ice weakness, because if it were flying ice, it wouldn't be weak against ice, which it is. Huh. Flying. No, it wouldn't have a bug, four times flying. But we asked that it had a four times weakness, and it did. So we know that it's part flying, and flying only has three um, weaknesses in and of itself. And those are electric, rock, and ice. And we have effectively eliminated the possibility of it being electric because electric is only effective against two types, and you already established that it cannot be a water type. So flying water is impossible. So the so only other two types are. that it could be. Um, weak to for the second typing is it needs to be weak to ice or rock. The second typing. Well, it's not Minior because Minior doesn't have a four times weakness. Not uh, Minior. What else are the single types? Mm, gonna need an answer this time. I think it's Gator's turn, right? Um, my turn. Because yeah, Gator I... asked. Wait, no. No, it is, is it my turn. turn? It is your turn. Sorry. I ask that it's okay. part flying. So it's not legendary. Um, can this Pokemon have multiple types? Yes. Wait, we already asked that though. No, we asked if. Oh, it was, I see what you're saying. Like, got it. So okay. I think it is Oracor. It's one of the Oracori. Is it Oracorio? Yes. Do we just say Oracorio? Okay. Yeah, yes. I think that's fair. That <laughs> so we're counting like, all four all four forms into one. We're going by the Pokedex number. Uh, so that was the sneaky was part. Yeah, that was well, the that sneaky was what was part. Me up because only one of them's got like the four times weakness. <laughs> yes. So the Oricodo Fire has quadruple weakness against Rock, while the other three ones were weak against Ice, and that's where it got you guys. Well, well like that's facetious, though. I call. Mm, mm, hey, take it, with, take it up with take it up with Professor Snag. But either way, you guys got it. That was pretty yeah, we impressive had, we had it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> It need a, uh, the the Joker himself, the master of gaming himself, had to come in and suggest one weird Pokemon to try to see if it could stamp you guys. Now, <laughs> congratulations, you got Oricorio number seven four hundred. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> seven hundred and forty one in the Pokedex and Alolan Pokemon. It comes in four different flavors: Fire Flying, Electric. Wait, yeah, Electric Flying, Psychic Flying, and of course, Ghost Flying. So. Um, that's it for our episode, guys. Um, we are pretty excited for our mailbag section. I know we're trying to do this now. Please let us know both what were your takeaways from nationals, or not nationals, uh, North America, um, international tournament, and what are your expectations from worlds? We will read them on our next episode. With that, please go. You know that this is not the only show we have. We have other shows, but you can also follow us on Twitter at Paco Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Paco Podcast and of course, our very own Facebook group, facebook.com slash TCG. 
please go ahead to our Reddit at rpuckle. There you can find many of our own listeners, including Sometimes I Flaw, which he does poke up the episodes every week in our main show. Go to our Tumblr at pucklepodcast.tumblr.com. Make sure you review us on iTunes. I know we haven't asked this of you guys as much, but we should start all over again because every star you give us, every review you give us in iTunes really does help other people to find our show. With that, also, if you can support, if you have the money to spare, now you have, we're going to give you more flavors. Two ways to uh, uh, help us out. You can either go to our Patreon and be part of our Patreon. We have certain tiers. With every tier, you have uh, your own rewards. And Thatch, well, I, I can guarantee you that Thatch will reward you. It might take six to a year for him to send those prices, but he will. That is for sure. Um, but also, you can also subscribe to our Twitch. We have a Twitch channel uh, at twitch.com slash Podcast, I believe it is. Um, and there, you can not only give us your bits, but you can also subscribe to the channel. If you already have Amazon Prime, then you can do it pro bono. You don't have to pay anything extra. If you don't have Prime, the uh, subscription starts at four ninety nine. Every single cent help us be able to give you even more and more... Um, even more... Uh, media for you to consume and with that of course go to our discord which i always forget to grab the link but it's going to be definitely going to be on the description of this podcast go to our discord all of our chats are there you can discuss with absolutely almost anyone in our puckle community there's so many players there it is definitely a great community to be a part of now one last thing our Facebook group, we are trying to uh, add more things to it. I'm do- I started a new uh, little experiment called Jashiro Reacts because we know that we've discussed here that uh, the new section can go a little long, but they keep revealing cards, they keep revealing cards. So we're trying to take away those cards from the new section, let them still for the review episode of each set, but take them away from the new section and then have a little small Jashiro Reacts where I won't tell you whether they're good or not, just what I think about them and then you can just tell me how wrong I am in the comment sections, as I'm sure both Sublime and Gator will do every single time. Uh, um, with that, that's the end of our episode. Um, as always, Sublime, a pleasure, my brother. It is a pleasure. I can't wait to see you in person again. And also, since I like mentioned Snag's other podcast, I just wanted to name that that it is called a Pokemon Rollout. And you should give it a listen if you listen to Puckle, because Snag's on it, and he's great. Yeah, and Gator, as always, your expertise is always welcome. Oh, thank you, guys. It's always fun. I really wish I could go to PuckleCon this year. Yeah, we're definitely going to miss oh, you. Oh, no, sad. Yeah, I will get to see Joshiro and Basket in person, though, so if we can convince Sublime to take a short trip in the middle of August, you know, right when school starts, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we could pull off a IRL uh, TCG cast. But mini, I don't think that's uh, what, what we like to call the mini West PuckleCon. <laughs> yeah, it's going to have to be. That's the only thing I'm going to be able to attend this year. <laughs> well, uh, we're gonna miss you. But for those of you that are going to PuckleCon, we'll see you in less than two, 16 days. Well, 15 days by the time you hear this episode. So, with that, guys, have a great night. As always, you know, keep on TCG, keep on being members of Puckle, and of course, remember, it's always at one point.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.